Hello, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I am Ron Luce, and I am joined by a very different guest this evening. As everybody knows, the Dingers podcast joined on Tap Sports Network. So we have a brother show here now on the Cubs side of the house with the Dingers boys, and I am joined by Dingers' own Jake Bunowski, a.k.a. Baseball Bouge, on Twitter. Jake, how are you doing, buddy? First off, crack them and happy Friday to you, my friend. How are things as the week comes to a close, man. Well, man, I, you know, you said, you said brother podcast, and I think that's better because there's a lot, it's all masculine energy <laughs> between our podcasts. I've been saying sister podcast because I feel like that's what people usually say about like, it. I think that's like the stuff. technical term. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like we, no feminine energy. I, like I'd be like, listen, hey, if we have any females out there that are listening, female Cubs fans, like lo- love to have you on, um, mix things up. I know we, there are a lot of great female Cubs fans out there. And like, let's get you on. Let's get, I know like Rachel um, from the UK, she's been on podcasts before. She's been yeah, on our I'm show. I'm getting off, off the rails already, but I'm doing <laughs> all right, man. I'm glad you reached out. Um, yeah, I, my wife is working. She works, she's a night shift nurse. So I'm sitting around doing jack shit. It's playing MLB the show. Almost pitched a perfect game with Kyle Hendricks. Sick. Um, Love was that. It, yeah. Hit it, hit someone hit a, some, nobody hit a home run off of a, off of a hanging curveball. ball in the eighth with two outs. It is what it is. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. I, I've had this Cubs itch to talk baseball today, man. Like, it's just yeah. – I've been watching a, a ton of CubsCon stuff and just formulating my own thoughts on things, and we, we exchanged some of the things that we've had on our minds that we're going to dive into here on the show beforehand. But agree, man. Uh, just quickly on your, your point about the ladies, uh, Rachel has actually been on Cubs on Tap. Uh, according to That's her – That's what I thought. Um, yeah. We were her first podcast appearance, so I would like to make note of that. That's that's oh, pretty yeah. cool. Um, but, yeah, also um, – at Windy City Mama on IG. Uh, she's pretty popular around here. Her dad and her were at CubsCon. Uh, Tyler and Joey actually met them and interviewed them, uh, not knowing. And she was talking, you know, we, we exchanged DMs a little bit. And she's talking about how her dad's, you know, been a Cubs fan for over 50 years. And he's got, you know, so many stories. And so we're like, we need to get, you know, on, you know, on the pot. So we're going to have another guest. Um you know, big, you know, f- you know, a female Cubs fan, uh, which I know we're excited about. But, dude, I'm ready. I am absolutely ready because, um, well, <laughs> for starters, as Jeremiah says here, I, I'm going to wear a mankini. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's oh, it's going to be something, let me tell you. But, dude, I'm ready to talk Cubs baseball. I really am. And, you know, I, I think a great place for us to start is with, your bio name, my friend, and you have Madrigal for 3B up there. Um, we're going to talk about a host of things tonight, so bear, bear with us, folks. We're going to go all over the place here in probably the course of the next hour or so. Um, but, dude, I mean, pitch the case, man. I know you are, like, the Nick Madrigal champion, and so I need I need your best, like, running for office speech about why Madrigal should be third baseman this year. Yeah, man, you know, it is well known that I am the official president of the unofficial Ian Hap podcast podcast fan club. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not the president of the, the compound podcast, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I everybody lo- knows I love Nico Horner. We Dinger has championed him all last year. And look, regardless of what ends up happening, I'm on the magical train. And the reason for that is I am a firm believer in prospect pedigree um you know i'm a big fantasy baseball guy i i track players i am obsessed with prospects okay not just the cubs prod pod 
wow prospects. It's been a long week, apparently. It's it has worse. been a long week, man. <laughs> As we talked about before the show, still rec- it took us a long time to recover from CubsCon. But um, yeah, so Nick Madrigal, he has that prospect pedigree, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I don't think that he's really been given a fair opportunity to let it shake out yet. Um, I don't believe he has broken a thousand plate appearances yet at the major league level. Obviously, he's coming off of a massive um, hamstring injury and repair. And I talked about it on Dingers on Monday. I think last year we saw at the beginning of the season, while yes, he theoretically was healthy, there's a mental hurdle that you have to let yourself get over to physically like think of it like Bulls fans listening right now. Remember when Derek Rose got hurt and he had to come back and he came out publicly. He's like, yeah, my body's just like, I can't let myself play at the level that I was at yet. Like there was a, there was a mental block. Right. So Madrigal hasn't been quoted to my knowledge talking about that, but it's quite clear if you watch him play, like if you go back and, 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 and watch, no one's going to do that. But if you were to go back and watch (laughs) Madrigal highlights or lowlights, if we're being honest from the beginning of last season, it was very evident that the guy just did not feel comfortable. And I really think it was a mental block because at every level that he's played, he's hit over 300. Um, The guy puts the ball in play. He's fast. Before the injury, he was in the 75th percentile sprint speed, which is great. You want speed on this team. Um, I think that he, you know, we, we talked about this as well, that we, Maybe you guys talked about it on, on, on the Wednesday pod. Everything is, is melting together now. But we wanted, when when we still had Rizzo, uh, Javi, and Brian on the team, we were begging for a contact-oriented bat, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now people would say, like, okay, well, we've got Nico. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we have Nico, but one contact-oriented bat in the lineup isn't enough. And I actually think that Nico is going to skew a little bit more toward, like, a – if everything pans out perfectly for Nico, he's he's a, a guy that's driving balls into the gaps. So he's like he's a doubles hitter into the into the alleys, right? Right. Madrigal is going to be a flare hitter. Like he's going to be hitting. He's like like obviously I'm not comparing him to Ichiro, but the type of hits that Ichiro would get is what you can expect from Madrigal. Now, I don't know if he has it in him to be the everyday third baseman. He probably does not. Okay. We know that his arm strength is brutal. Um, I don't know what percentile that is, but it's low if in, ter- in terms of the rest of the league. Um, his Yeah. He, his range is limited, but I also felt better. Like I didn't think his defense was that bad at second base last year. I don't think, you know, we, we like Sox fans like, Oh, this dude can't play second base. It's like actually he made some good plays at second base. And a lot of it could be credited to like correct positioning, but Hey, that's the game. And it wasn't in the shift. A lot of the plays that I remember. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man, like people will say that we need a power bat at third base, but like, yes, traditionally you do, but this is a transition year. It's yeah. still a transition year. I want the team to compete. I do think the team will compete, but you got to see what you have in Madrigal. Um, I hope the guy gets extended playing time one way or another. I hope it doesn't take an injury, right? But I, I do hope that sure. he sees playing time. I hope that the dude is on fire in spring training. Yeah. I I think the reason why I, I'm so adamant about it, aside from being a believer in pedigree, is 
the dude's an underdog, right? Like he's, he's the little guy. And sure. I was never a power hitter. I was always undersized. Um, I played, I played middle infield. Um, and I don't know, I like, I guess I can kind of see myself in Madrigal. So there's a little bit of that, but yeah, man, I, I just think you're, that- you're taller than Madrigal though. I am talking, you know, I'm slightly built. And when I was, when I was in good shape, I was fast. So I don't know, man. I, like, I feel like I'm rambling, but what, what do you think? Like, what, what are your thoughts on how Madrigal does or does not fit in with this team in 23? No. And I'll tell you what, like, I was actually just having this conversation with a good buddy of mine, uh, a guy that, if all works out, because I'm try, I'm going to try my damnedest to sweet talk as many of you dinger guys to coming to opening day with us. But um, one of my good buddies who's going to be at opening day with us again this year was with us last year. Uh, his name's Joe. He and I actually just talked last night. Uh, I hadn't seen him in a while. We were able to meet up for a little bit. And we the first thing we got into in the start of the night was Cubs baseball because I had the itch. And he's a big magical guy. He actually has a magical jersey. Like he's a he he you two would be quick friends just over Nick Madrigal alone and we were talking about it and we were you know we were we were discussing his his pros and his cons and you know I, I said I was like I can see the value in a Nick Madrigal player because in a perfect world where he is performing more like that August version that we saw of him last season he is a 300 hitter he is a 370-ish on base guy he's just not going to give you that slug Right. That is like the one very glaring need for him at the plate. He's right. not going to give you the slug. And then the question, like you said, with third base, right, is how good is his range at third base? Which I think with a Dansby Swanson, maybe you make the argument that he's got a little bit of extra help, the right. arm strength being the biggest thing. But I will say, too, one of my biggest things was say, I, I never really realized how fast he was. I think he needs to maybe improve a little bit as a base runner, you know, he, but he's got that speed, like you said. Um, in him i really want like you've you've convinced me now that like madrigal brings value to this team this year and yes. I, I thought there was an opportunity where he could right maybe in my opinion that value comes through kind of a rotational role where maybe he's not right. playing every day but he's every other day type thing i could see him getting a lot of tick as a dh as well because yeah. of if he's if he's performing like he should which it's a 300 hitter. It's a 370 on base guy. Like you give me that to your point, right? You need the contact oriented guys. You need guys on base. You want guys like Dansby Swanson to drive and runs Bellinger to drive and runs. This is also the year two where we saw the Cubs run a lot last year. And this is like been one of my hot takes slash like big predictions that I will like put money on. The Cubs are going to be one of the top running teams in baseball this season. In my opinion, they were one last year already with a significantly less athletic roster. In my opinion, yep. Madrigal maybe finds a way. I think the biggest challenge for him with third base will truly be the arm strength. I think he could get away yes. with the range. He's not obviously the height. Maybe is one thing that concerns a lot of people. You think of third baseman, right? You think of, you know, big six, five guys that are kind of, you know, lanky and can do that big, you know, two steps to the left or two steps to the right and get that glove out and get, make a play type thing. But maybe you're able to get away with a little more of that because of a Dansby Swanson at shortstop. And I think they will give him a fair shake. Um, I'm just really intrigued to see how often he gets to play there. Cause I also think in the same breath, cause 
backing up your point earlier, Jake, you said, right, he hasn't seen a thousand total plate appearances. He's only had 552 plate appearances in the major that's leagues. Like that is too low. That's, that's nothing. Way too low. Yeah, that's yeah. nothing. I mean, that's half the number that that you threw out there. You know, and, I and, really and I do... will say, like, the, the reason I say a thousand plate appearances is that typically that's scouts talk about a thousand plate appearances being like that's when you know what a player is like yeah. that's the threshold a thousand major league plate appearances tells you that you can you can make a conclusion at that point so that's why i use that number no and i and i i think that's a great point right baseball to me of all the major sports like every sport has development as a part of their game but to me baseball is the one that has the greatest emphasis on development, right? Like there's development yes. in basketball to a fault. Guys need to grow into their body, grow into their game. You can make the same argument for hockey as well, right? Guys get bigger and stronger as they get older and they, they develop more to a man's game. You can even make the, that case in the NFL. There's some guy, especially at like the quarterback position, right? Guys take two, three years to develop into that spot. I really do think, you know, that baseball is further, right? Along of the development is super hardcore in baseball. And it has to be because of the nature yes. of the game. I, I I'm telling you right now, man, like, I, again, I think there's, there's room for him to bring value. I, I don't know how much it'll be at third base. Cause I think they want to see a lot of Christopher Morrell too. And what they have there with him. But I'll tell you what, man, you, you've convinced me further to give Madrigal a chance. Like I was very at the beginning, like, ah, yeah, he could stick around as a bench bat. Maybe don't give up a ton of time. And then I was like, you know, maybe if like Mancini or one of these other guys who are probably going to be your more regular DHs struggles a little bit out the gate, maybe you give Madrigal a couple games at DH and see if he can flare, you know, go three for five in a game and help you score a couple of runs because of some of that speed and, and, and that ability to, you know, uh, bring that flare bat and get on base and, and do some good things. And we got some good comments here too, real quick, before I flip it back to yeah. you, Jake. And thanks for everybody that's jumping in here. Uh, our boy Mitch through the Dingers YouTube channel. He says, I see myself in Madrigal in college. He says, I played exactly like him. Um, and he quoted that up. Yeah, 552, barely over half exactly what we said there. Uh, but then we got Juice here in the comments saying, Madrigal is a steakhouse butter on the steak this season. If the steak is cooked well, you don't need it, but it's nice to have. That's Juice is great. That's great <laughs> jake i will tell you right now like i know you we've we've been longtime friends like everybody's like oh dingers is a part on tap yeah yeah yeah. but that that relationship goes way back like cubs on yes. tap and dingers we've been friends for a long time we play in a fantasy baseball league now together like we've known each other if, if there's one thing you guys will learn about juice and on-air presence he is the king of making analogies to food don't ask oh, me I've why. Heard him. I've heard he's, him. I'm glad he's he, I'm glad he in. And, yeah, yeah. And he even said, had to drop a food metaphor if it's a Cubs show because that's that's his forte. But, man, I, I'll tell you, I'm really uh, sincerely honest, Jake. Like, I think you have sold me, who was very much a magical skeptic. A There was a couple times I'm pretty sure I said to put him on the, the next firework and send him to the sun. <laughs> I saw like, that tweet. <laughs> you know, yeah. send him to the sun. I, I'm a little more willing now to give him a chance because of the argument you made, man. I, I Again, like you said, I think, again, and it's something that uh, I'll go into a little depth more here later, but uh, my idea of what the Cubs baseball is this season is running, you know, putting the ball in play and using your athleticism. Like, he's a guy that can, in the, in that category, in my opinion, bring a lot of value. I'll, and I'll and I'll wrap it with this, and then I you mentioned you mentioned Morell, so I, I want to talk about him next. Yeah, but I so I'm looking at line drive rate. Okay, 
And line drive rate, like the lead league or the the league leader in dr- line drive rate last year was Tristan Freddie Freeman. Yeah, was Freddie <laughs> Freeman with twenty seven and a half percent? That's absurdly high. Like, yeah, that's the, almost the a best, third of the time. It's a which line is drive. nuts. Like that's yeah. like that's line drives are premium quality contact, right? That's you're barreling the ball, barrel the ball, baby. Yep, absolutely. So it rounds out the top thirty with Jordan Alvarez at 21.6%. Now let me get back to Madrigal's page because Madrigal lines the ball well. Like he's not going to hit the ball hard. But mm-hmm. last year and obviously, you know, this isn't this isn't a very good sample size, but 21% line drive rate. 2020 he had a 26% line drive rate. Low fly ball rate under 20%, but for a guy like him with his speed, you want him hitting the ball low. Hitting the because he's not going to hit the ball out of the park, especially at Wrigley in the spring. This dude's not hitting home runs. Uh, Was it Jeremiah that said uh, he he dropped in that? Yeah, (laughs) he's got a pair of home runs too. Meaning, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're there. (laughs) The 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 final thought that I'll leave with it is, um, he could be he could be a Tommy LaStella type off the bench, right? Like mm. if you need someone to come in in a contact situation late in the game, he's the one that you put in. You got a runner at third with one out and you need to get that guy in. Madrigal's on the bench, take him off the bench. Doesn't matter who's on the mound. Madrigal's on the bench. You, he, He'll put something in play and he's probably not going to hit it in the air, right? So I, yes, I'm glad that you see it. I hope more Cubs fans do. I hope he proves his worth in spring training and gets some people like amped up because he is a depth piece, right? Like on a, sure. I think on a competitive team, especially one with Nico Horner, who could end up being the best second baseman in the league next year. Like mm, I, say it I again. To- like totally. I mean, it's Marcus Simeon and who else, right? Like they just announced it. That Jazz Chisholm is probably going to be playing center field. So Jazz is and he might second base and he low key might win a gold glove. <laughs> for real, for real. And like, like it's going to be better. We're going to see more Jazz because playing in the outfield is easier on the body too. So that's good. That's good for baseball. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, we've spent like twenty minutes talking about Nick Madrigal, but that's that's my two cents. Now you mentioned you mentioned Morel, and I think Morel and Madrigal have. Similar, um, I mean, this year, that's right, Jeremiah. It, it's still weird, right? Like, it is 2023 now. I do mean this year. It's We're in the offseason. Everything is convoluted. Okay. So, yes, in 2023, I will talk the year specifically. I tweeted it out earlier today. I was listening to um, the Athletic Baseball Show um, with Derek Van Riper and Keith Law, former MLB GM. Um, great show. Those guys do a great job over there. And, of course, it's more of a national show. But I'm really interested in national podcasts when they have to talk about the Cubs, right? Because there's not, like, inherently there should not be any bias. Like, we are Cubs fans. We are eternal optimists, right? That's how we were raised, you know? That's what keeps us alive, man. Right. So we're going to go into these, we're going to go into each season being like, oh, yeah, I'm high on Madrigal. Like, he he could be something, right? They talked about Christopher Morel. And... Their analysis on Morel was that he's he's going to probably continue to be um, a lower contact, high strikeout, three true outcomes kind of guy. But the value that he brings is he has defensive versatility. And he is an exciting player, and he, he does hit the ball hard. So they basically put it that if Morel 
is our everyday starting third baseman, that's a problem. Like that's, you, you probably don't want that. Now, granted, he's still only like 23 years old, 20, yeah. maybe he turns still 24 this year. Um, Jeremiah, Jeremiah in the comments, I, I had to jump on this really quick. He said, also, this is a, this is an aside. Also, rare L take what Talking Baseball said about the Cubs offseason. We're going to get to that. I'm glad Jeremiah said something about that. But Morrell should be a depth piece on this team. And he'd be a very good depth piece if everything breaks correctly, right? So I don't know. Who who do you – like, do you still think that Wisdom is going to get the majority of playing time at third base this season? I don't know. And I yeah. think I think I think I would have said yes to that question with wisdom if they didn't say we're going to give Madrigal a shot at third. Right? right? Like I think I crazy thing like I think it could be a a three-headed monster type deal, right? Where it's truly like sure. the position in the lineup where maybe they play kind of the like matchup card, right? Maybe totally. where Madrigal, you know, this is a pitcher where we need to just get some contact on him. Madrigal's in tonight playing there. Oh, hey, right. we, you know, we can take the, the big swing and miss with a guy like Wisdom for the power. All right, Patty Wise is, is playing three tonight. You know, and then maybe you get some of the times where Morell is just they need to get him in the lineup and he's gonna play third tonight. And then Morell plays another night in center, and then he plays at second, and then he plays at short, and then like again, then he does kind of the Ben Zobris rotation and just plays a bunch right. of places. But you know, like it almost feels like they're putting together a third baseman with three people because yeah. to, uh, you know, to Mitch's point here, he says in his three MLB seasons, Madrigal is who he's talking about here is top three in contact percentage, minimum hundred plate appearances, 2022. He was third with 90.9%. He was first in 2021 with a 91.8% uh, before the injury. And then in 2020, he was a second in 92.4. Like that's, that's going to put, there's your big contact guy, right? Yeah. Then you got Patty wise who brings that elite power. And right. a pretty decent glove. And then you got Morrell, who's kind of like the athletic freak. And it's like they're trying to build like your perfect third baseman with three players. So mm -hmm. I really think they're going to let these guys compete because that's probably the one position on this team, Jake, that I could confidently sit here and say they don't have a true answer at. Like the mm -hmm. outfield is set. It's it's Belly, it's Hap, it's Seah. Short and second are set. It's 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 the it's the as I think as Juice said, it's the Vampire Diaries show with Nico and and Dansby Swanson in the middle. You know, your first base is kind of just a big clusterfuck, but at least you yeah. know Hosmer and Mancini are going to rotate and give you know. And if if Mervis is the young guy and he's ready, he's going to get ticked there too. And then we all know what the catching situation is, and it's something we're going to touch on too here in a little while. But. Like, I really think that's the one position on this team that is the biggest question mark going into the year. And it has a, I have a question for you, but I want to hear your final thoughts too here because you, I want to pose the same question you did to me. Like, do you think Patrick Wisdom is going to be the, like, the kind of the incumbent at third base going into the season? Um, and then I want to pitch you another question, but I want to hear from you first. Yeah, I think it's his job to lose right now. Um, I think the front office has shown um faith in him and giving him the playing time i haven't checked the metrics but i his like, his autograph session also required a voucher at cubs Cons. oh that's, that's okay, big time yeah, so that's, that's morell big... but madrigal did not so again just we're, we're big time yeah, in here. yeah madrigal was on like the c or d stage or something like that yeah might have been the b stage. it was one of the like yeah the lesser he was definitely ones. not yeah he was definitely not an a um but yeah it's it's wisdom's it's wisdom's uh spot to lose 
But I, as I was saying, I, I, I haven't checked the defensive metrics, but I, I've heard that they, when we had Cole Wright on on Monday, I think he mentioned it or someone recently mentioned it. Also, somewhere. just quickly, Cole Wright, elite human being. We Dude, got to talk to him best. a little bit at CubsCon. Oh, he's a, he's a bloody legend. I love that guy so much. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. I, some, but somebody mentioned somewhere that, that Patrick Wisdom's glove went down last year like it was not, not as good as it was in in 2021 sure, sure um and i don't know like i still like he's shown that he can that he can pick it over there right so i have faith that he's going to be able to pick it back up and obviously the dude's got a cannon so yeah i think like especially with shifting be, you know being eliminated having a third baseman that can that can pick it over there is important um, I think Morel can do it, but his arm is kind of erratic. So we don't really know. And, and like, do, are we going to have a first baseman over there who can pick those, those errant throws? So yeah, it's going to be wisdom that gets majority of the playing time at the beginning of the season. I will also say too, that I think that they're the, the magical getting time at third base, like that announcement was very conveniently timed, right? It could, it could be a thing where it's like, Hey, Teams that might be interested in Nick Madrigal's services, he's he's playing third base. We're you know we're having him take reps at third base a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little nudge, right? And then and at the same time as well, um, it also it's convenient to put it out there and have people like us talk about it, like, oh, his his value's going up. So will he end up playing that much third base? Probably not. But like, it's good to have that versatility and prove to the front office. I hope he can prove to the front office that he does. Yeah, I. Yeah, I think Morell is going to spell people around the field. I don't think he gets a lot of solid playing time, like um, repetitive playing time at third base. Sure. Um, so, yeah, long-winded answer. Wisdom. It's Wisdom's job right now. Okay. For better like or Sure, sure. I respect that. I respect that. So here's my question. And this was something that I actually uh, I brought up to you before we got on. Uh, my dad and I talked about this today. My dad and I talk a lot about baseball. Uh, one day I'm just going to set up a microphone when him and I have like a 10 minute conversation. Yeah, dude. But like we he we presented the idea, and really my dad was the one that brought it up. He said because we were talking about third base, right? And we we're you know going around the diamond and you know who's playing where, and he goes. If you're the Cubs, because we were talking about prospects, right? Because I we, we got on the pitching topic. I said I think Jordan Wicks is the guy we see this year. If any of the like top pitching prospects coming into the year, and yeah. it's probably late in the season if we do see him type thing, and he's got to blow through Double A in my opinion. Like there, there was more to it, obviously. But then he was like, "Well, would you ever trade that kind of guy?" And I'm like, "What? Where are we getting here?" He brought up the point of if you're the Cubs who have this prospect capital, right? That is considered at least a top 10 farm system in the league. Some people might even have them as high as top seven, top six. Do you deal from some of that depth and go out there and say, we're not going to compete with anybody in the free agent market. Instead, we're just going to go out and get Manny Machado at the deadline and sign him to an extension pretty much immediately. Like, and maybe not necessarily Machado, because I've seen the the Chapman link to the Cubs is very relevant. He's a free agent sure. after this coming season. You know, maybe he's that same kind of guy where he's going to cost you a hell of a lot less. 
but plays elite defensive third yep. base, brings a lot of power, something the Cubs need. And yep. maybe that frees up a little bit of money for them to be in the Seah sweepstakes too, if that ends up happening next year. So my bold overall question here for you, my friend, is do you see a world where the Cubs do trade for a third baseman at the deadline if they're in contention and can go get one of these maybe bigger names early and have that first opportunity to talk new contract with them, whether it's a guy like Machado who could opt out after this year, who's not necessarily a guaranteed free agent, but a guy like Matt Chapman, who is a guaranteed free agent after the season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If he is performing at the level that he's capable of performing, I would love to see the Cubs pull one over on the Rockies the way the Cardinals did <laughs> and grab Chris Bryant back. Oh, it's not, oh, that's stupid. Ooh. It's stupid. That's I don't care. A, that's, that's just a dumb hot take. That's a I, spicy meatball take that I was here for tonight though, Jake. But look, I, I don't, I am not one to linger on these, on, on the 2016 Cubs, but it's, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard not to, when you see the two, the two biggest question marks offensively and defensively, our, Our first and third base, base yeah. right? Yeah. Like if we, if we extended either one of those guys, we, I'm not going to linger on this. It's, it's been beaten to death, but like, that's something that as an aside, a Horner extension has to get done this off season. I don't Perfect. think a half extension is going to get done because he's the MLB PA rep and he's, he wants to test free agency and set the market for the young guys. I hope the Cubs are able to resign him in free agency. I'm the biggest guy on half. But to answer your question, it it <laughs> depends on a lot, right? I I think that I think inevitably um, there's going to be a point where we do deal from the prospect depth. Mm -hmm. I think it is unlikely to be this season because, as you mentioned, Machado has the opt out at the end of this season. Um, so there's no guarantee that you retain him mm -hmm. and Chapman's contract is up. I really like both of those guys as, as fits for different reasons sure. for the Cubs. Um, they're, I think they're the same age. Machado might be a year older. Um, Chapman's Chapman had bit, he had hip labrum surgery, I believe two seasons ago or last off season. And it was very similar, like this was talked about on national podcasts. It was very similar to what I was talking about with the Madrigal injury situation, where it felt like he was maybe a little tentative, like not physically comfortable and confident yet. And then maybe in like July, he really turned it on offensively. And his numbers kind of tapered off at the end of the season. But like the bat is there. It just has been like a mad, like he played in Oakland, dude. That's a terrible hitter stadium. And, um, and and Rogers Center is not much better. Um, it is better offensively, but like it's it's probably like a middle of the road offensive park. Um, but the glove, man, if you get him at third base, you've got you've got the best defensive infield in baseball. It doesn't really even matter who you play at first base. I just don't think that it, it's going to line up for the Cubs to make the move this season. And the biggest reason it has nothing to do with extending either of the guys that you trade for. It's more so this is good. This is a pivotal season for a lot of these top prospects. Like, like you mentioned with Wicks, like I think, yeah, I do think we could see Wicks um, 
in the show by the end of the season for sure. Um, he's I what he I think he's one of MLB Pipeline's top left-handed starters, he um, is. top ten. What do you remember? I didn't I didn't check that yet. Do you know what number he landed at? I want to say he was eight. Okay, okay. I mean that's still a big deal. When's the last time the Cubs have had a top ten pitching prospect? Let alone a Either lefty. lefty or yeah, yeah. So it's been a while. Yeah, and like Wicks has talked really confidently about what he's doing with with the Cubs pitching infrastructure, and it's it sounds great, man. I'm I'm really excited. So we will deal from the prospect depth at some point, but I think it's gonna. I don't. I I have no idea who's gonna be available in 2024 at the trade deadline, but right. To me, that seems more likely. What did you and your dad end up settling on? Well, so I I. I told them, I said, I don't think they deal either. Uh, I think if anything, uh, and we focused more on Machado and Machado's 30. He'll be yeah. 31 come middle of the season, uh, July. Uh, Chapman's actually only 29 and he won't turn 30 until okay. April 28th. So a full month into the season, he'll finally turn 30. Um, I could honestly see them targeting Chapman in free agency next year. Agreed. Like I think that's yeah. where it goes. Because to me, third base is the one spot in the pipeline where they don't have a ton of depth, right? Like you have Chase Strumpf who can absolutely play the position and has shown that flair. You have a guy like James Triantos who's probably further down the road, but still could probably profile as a third baseman. But you could get a guy like Matt Chapman maybe on like a three, four year deal where that probably serves out just right at third base for when like a Triantos or somebody like that could be potentially ready in the future. Um, I, again, I, we know where their prospect depth is, right? Shortstops, outfielders and pitching. Like that's where they're building up the middle. That's exactly how they're doing it. Finally doing it. In my opinion, the right way you build up the middle and then everything else sorts itself out. And because how many, those shortstops might end up be any of those shortstops could end up becoming third baseman. hundred percent. So, Hundred yeah. percent, and they just signed a ton of shortstops in the international free agent market. Uh, literally just following CubsCon, pretty much on Monday. So, it, it really to me is, I think if that's going to happen, that's that's kind of where my thoughts were. But I love what you said about this Cubs team kind of taking that, like they're going to trade from that pool in 2024. Because I'm, in, I, I think we're in alignment here. 2023 is very much transition year. You're starting to get the pieces in place. It's kind of like a 2015 year. I don't know if they overachieve like they did in 2015, but it's a right. 2015 year where then 2024 is like that that compete year, right? Like they're they're going for it. PCA is probably up by 2024. Guys like Wicks, maybe Hers, are are starting to trickle into the either the bullpen or at least you know into the rotation. You're, you're, the pieces are coming together for a competitor, I think, in 24. And Jeremiah says here, too, just quickly in the comments, he says, Christian Hernandez will be involved in trade like Claybar Torres, maybe. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. I meant Shohei, not Seiya. If I said Seiya, that's on me. But, um, like, man, I, I really agree with that. I, I think that's when we do see them finally d- deal because this prospect pool for the Cubs is such an interesting one, Jake, if you really mm-hmm. think about it, because of all the circumstances around minor league baseball and no season in 2020 and 2021, a lot of guys got hurt and, you know, 2022, you know, the influx of talent through those KB and Rizzo and all those trades, right. And the bias trades, like the Cubs don't entirely know what they have is this farm system yet. Like we know there's a right. lot of talent here, but we don't know who's who and what's what, like I would say at this point as Cubs fans, like we only probably quote unquote know that like Wicks is probably going to be a dude. Hers is probably going to be up there too. 
Brennan Davis is uh, is a big question mark. Kevin Alcantara yeah. is a dude, but he's a while away. And then like PCA is probably like the only like really like guarantees at this point. Everybody and and Mervis probably making an appearance at the MLB Double Extra. Like that's probably the only guarantees of this farm. Outside of that, it's a hell of a lot of question marks. But a lot of question marks with a lot of upside. So yeah, I agree. I think it's evaluate trade from that depth when the time comes. Because I'm really interested to see what they do. Because again, we we talked about it, right? Like that's really the only positions. Obviously, you know, Hap could, you know. I guess move on in theory. Belly could move on in theory. You know, some of these like everybody at first base outside of Mervis can move on in theory, right? Like there's a lot of outs outside of pretty much Swanson really on this team. It's it's going to be interesting to see kind of who what chess pieces start to fall where and who plays what roles on the chessboard that is an MLB field uh, come the season. So I, I'm glad you you shared your thoughts there because I think it's really interesting. Again, just the third base market. I think in general. I mean, hell, we just spent 37 minutes talking about third base from Madrigal to Morel to do they trade a guy? Like, that really is the biggest question mark on this team. Jake, do you have any more final thoughts kind of on 3B uh, before we start to venture some of our other topics? Yeah, two two things because I'm trying to figure out. So I want to – this is a quick wrap on Matt Chapman really quick. So looking at his baseball savant page, double-digit barrel rates – Every season, but 2018, like as high as 13, we're not going to count 2020 because I think this is when he got injured, but 13.7% in 2021 and 12.9 last year. That is very, very good. And then like top 3%, top 5%, top 5% of hard, hard hit percentage. Like, I mean, this dude hits the crap out of the ball. He gets on base a good amount. Um, his K rate came down last year. Like, yeah, count me in on Chapman. I think that's a great prediction, Ron. I like I I would be shocked if the Cubs were not like fully in on, on a Matt Chapman type next season. And then I want to highlight uh Jeremiah's Christian Hernandez trade comment because he said Christian Hernandez will be involved in a trade like the Glaber Torres one, which could totally happen, but that's why I think it's important to, to just touch on again. This season is pivotal for prospect development. Like mm-hmm. it just feels like a lot of these guys have been in the, the system for this, even though the age range varies a bunch, like there are so many guys who have been like on the radar since like 2019, obviously 2020 was the down season. But then 2021, like pitch, pitchers included, like I won't name names, but like there are all these guys who are kind of on this like same timetable of like, mm-hmm. what do we have from here? Like who, like Hernandez, I think it's his first taste of stateside ball this year. I think he was in the Dominican Summer League last year, if I remember correctly. So he comes stateside. Maybe he came stateside last summer. I should know that, but it's going to be really telling what he does, like he should be in low A. He should be in Myrtle Beach to start next season, I think. And how he adapts to that is going to say a lot. And I will say to Jeremiah, like, I hope that we don't trade Hernandez. Um, I hope we give him at least through 2024 to see how he develops. Because he's only like 18. Mm-hmm. He maybe turns 19 this summer. So the, And 
it's not fair to call him like a rod jr or whatever they were calling him but like the dude clearly has upside was a top international prospect um so yeah i i cannot wait to watch the cubs minor leagues this season man i am so jacked there there is going to be so much to it and just to add a couple of numbers and 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 um you know, items behind your, your Hernandez argument here. Um, again, drawing comparisons to baby A-Rod and baby Manny yeah. Machado uh, is Hernandez. So again, shows the kind of upside in the talent. He just turned 19 uh, on December 13th. Uh, God, he's a 2003 baby. I feel old. Um, but again, a big dude, 6'2", 175 right now. He's going to fill out into that frame. He did spend the 2021 season in the Dominican Summer League. He spent 2022 in the Arizona league. So he is stateside, but this will be his first to your point, like in the actual, like true minor league ranks, probably this season, probably at Myrtle beach. Like like you said, you know, he's going to be that everyday shortstop. You know, he's, he's kind of the superstar that's going to be at Myrtle beach this year. Like last year was with PCA and Alcantara, because now we're going to see Alcantara at South bend. And then we're probably going to see PCA in Tennessee. So I I really think that's, that's going to be fun. And, And quickly here, juice said, Come out to South Bend, Jake. We can watch these guys and do a dinger's cot trip uh, around the bend. Yeah, I, I'm going to be going out to Juice quite a bit. That'd be sick. Year, so, That'd um, be sick. We'll definitely keep you in the loop on that as well because I am also a prospect nerd. I love looking at prospects. I keep up more with the Cubs than anybody else, obviously. But, um, you know, I, I keep my eyes around baseball. and Prospects always intrigue me. That's why we we talked about a, a fantasy uh, a fantasy or a dynasty-style fantasy baseball league here. Um, yeah. We're we're a lot on the same wavelength there, man. But no, again, all great points. I think it's it's really going to be interesting. And again, I think this this whole just how things shake out for the Cubs in general this year is going to be so interesting. And and kind of along those lines here, Jake. Right? We we've we talked a little bit, and I told you right. I had this itch, just this desire to talk Cubs baseball. I was watching CubsCon. I was listening to like the pitchers panel from CubsCon because I missed that one unfortunately, and. You know, hearing guys like, you know, Tucker Barnhart talk on on the compound pod with, you know, Jameson Tyon and and different things like that. Like my whole brain went to like pitching and just pitching, catching with this team. Like I told you beforehand, like I think Tucker Barnhart and Jan Gomes, although, although maybe not the sexiest names on paper, are like the perfect catchers to have for this Cubs team and how they're building this team. But I, I would love to get your thoughts and opinions just on we we talked about this as like the depth of Cubs pitching this season. And and you and I, I think, thinking it's quality depth, contrary to some outside beliefs and noise. Uh, and, and let's dive into that here a little bit because I, I think they have quality depth this season. And I am like just doing, you know, somersaults in my own brain about who's going to be where and how many guys are going to get MLB pitching time. Because in my opinion, they have like nine guys that could be, you know, top five rotation arms this season, you know? Yeah. So I'd love to get your thoughts there, man. Let's, let's just, let's just keep rolling down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So going back to the, the, we talked about this in, in, in the pre um, going back to the MLB or the athletic MLB podcast. Yeah. Um, they talked about the Cubs pitching depth and I can't remember where they saw it because I'm not seeing it on roster resource or I don't know how to expand, but like, they said that there were like 12 starting pitchers listed on the Cubs on the Cubs 40 man right now, or, or even on the, on the 26 man roster. And yeah, that kind of feels about right, you know? And like you said, there are so many of these guys that could slot into the rotation, but what they said, and I 
do think is is accurate. There's not an ace. Like, there's not a guy, if you've got a one-game playoff, which obviously doesn't exist anymore because the wild card is three games. But, like, if you have – yeah, I mean, if you have an elimination game, you don't have a guy where it's like, that's the guy. We don't have that right now. Right. And I don't think we expected to get – like, we didn't – no one expected us to go out and get Rodon this this offseason, right? Um, so, the other thing that kind of – like – so this was Keith Law really talking about it. And he said, so he doesn't, he's not as high on Justin Steele as other people are. Um, yeah, I agree, man. I So he said that he thinks Steele is a good depth piece, you know, like back end of the rotation, which, yeah, maybe if we had like, if we had, you know, a, a, a true stud ace. A Shane and, Bieber. <laughs> yeah. And, and Kyle Hendricks was pitching like a three- then yeah, maybe it would line up like Bieber, um, uh, Stroman, Hendricks, Tyone, Steele. That's a fucking killer rotation, by the way. Like that would be so sick. Ugh. That'd be sick. I mean, a healthy Hendricks that you know, like a classic vintage Hendricks, like that'd be a phenomenal rotation. But we don't have that. And there are a lot of question marks, um, which with the Cubs pitching infrastructure, I think is actually kind of exciting. Um, because we, and I'm not even like Drew Smiley is listed as the four, Keegan Thompson is listed as the five. This is all according to Fangraph's um, roster resource. Um, they have Stroman as the ace, which, yeah, but they don't even have Hendricks slotted in right now because they have him on, you know, as, as being injured. Right. I. So here are my thoughts. I think that Keegan Thompson ends up a bulldog in the pen. Agreed. Um, I don't know if he ends up being the closer. I don't have his his stuff numbers right now in front of me. But I don't think even in a, in a limited bullpen role, Jeremiah is booing me in the comments. I love Keegan Thompson. And if he becomes a high leverage reliever, that's a win. Like, that's a big win for the Cubs, right? I don't, you know, I don't think that he has the stuff to to last in the rotation long term. I think he could be a swing man. I would honestly, at this point, rather see Wesneski get more starts. Because I think we kind of know, we got to see a lot of Thompson last season. Mm-hmm. We got flashes of brilliance from Wisniewski last season. But what I want to see from him is if he can pitch deeper into ball games over the course of a season without the league adjusting to him. That's the important thing. Can the league adjust to his, his Frisbee slider and say, no, I'm going to spit on that. Like I like figure out the counts. He's going to throw it and just say, Nope, I'm sitting fastball. Um, Oh, that boo wasn't for wasn't for me, Jeremiah said. It was to the dude who said he's not high on steel. Yeah, Keith Law. Keith Law, I mean, a lot of people say like, oh, if someone's a former GM, there's a reason they're a former GM. Sure. But these guys are still plugged in, talking to front offices, talking to scouts. Like they know, they know baseball. The dude was a GM for a reason, right? He's got knowledge that we right. do not possess. Okay. Um, but I just yeah, like I I think Steele could, I mean, he could end up being the two. If he but it's it's a fine line that he has to tread, right? Like he's got it. He's got to have the fastball that plays up in the zone, 
Um, and he's got to work off of that. And if the fastball is not working on any given day, what happens? We didn't really see that last season. So, yeah, I mean, there's a like, I think they've done a pretty good job building out the bullpen so far. I, I like the Merriweather edition. I tweeted about it earlier today, too. Um, that Merriweather was rumored to be in the in the running for the Blue Jays closer role before last season. And then Jordan Romano just took it and ran with it. But mm-hmm. Merriweather, like, he's got good stuff. Like, if you're familiar with the stuff plus numbers, his stuff plus number was like, I think like a 121 or something, which is which is really high. Stuff mm-hmm. plus model is an Eno Saris statistic, and it basically determines like it sets a standard. It's it's basically like you know, ERA plus or, or WRC plus. But I was going to say, it's like a WRC plus, but for their stuff. Exactly. And then there's yeah. location plus, And then the combination of the two is pitching plus. And it's really, really fascinating. Like, but the, the, the cool thing, Jeremiah Estrada had like a 136 stuff plus or something like that in, in his limited. Yeah. So, so they were saying this was Eno Saris and Derek Van Riper on rates and barrels and other athletic. It's it's really fantasy focused, but like really good information, especially if you want to nerd out about stats. And they were saying that Jeremiah Estrada is really interesting. And we all know that as Cubs fans. Like we saw it last year and we we're like, damn, this might be the dude. Um, and like, dude, that's not even talking about what, what role Alzali is going to play this year. So it just is like, I heard, I heard somewhere that Alzali kind of likes the idea of coming out of the bullpen. So, hey, man, if we can get that to play up, like if he takes that role and can be a good swingman or long reliever and, and come out and just shut the, the opposing lineup down, I'm here for it. So, I don't know, man. I, like, talking pitching, we're already at 50 minutes. There's a lot that we could talk about with pitching. What are you, what are you, what are you highlighting right now? You know, I'm just excited for, again, I think the depth in the rotation is one of the things, right? Because I I personally think about it this season coming in. It's a Keith Law really quick. Justin Steele had a 318 ERA last season. So, I, you know, with a a really bad defensive team behind him and, you know, just – kind of you know treading through the season i mean started the most games for the cubs he had 24 starts last year 119 innings of work 126 k's yeah Yeah. he was a workhorse for this cubs team last year that to me is the guy and we start we saw him start to settle into that i think later in the season right we saw those you know you'd get the we'd get the weird like seven inning and only like three or four k games which i thought were interesting but he gave you the, the length but like when he was going six and he was striking out like 10 that was hot. Those were the games yeah, where I'm dude. like, he's a dude. He's a dude. Yeah. And I got I got to sit like right up front for one of his games against the Brewers in, in late mm-hmm. August. I got we I, I scored a single ticket. By the way, I finally did. I went to a baseball game by myself last year. It's the greatest yeah, dude. ever. I'm sure. I, I put it on the on the bucket list for baseball fans. Like you have to do it once. Just go to a game by yourself, sit with people you don't know. Cause like we know a lot of the bleacher bums, like my tie guy front of the program, right? Like Bleacher Jeff's obviously out there. Cool dude. You know, we, we know a lot of those guys got to meet guys like Ryan Cox, etc. I went and sat around new one. I knew I just like the dudes next to me probably thought I was crazy. Cause I kept like just generating small talk with them, but Oh my God, it was amazing. Anyway, steel dominated six innings, like 10 or 11 K's just dominated. Like that's what I'm expecting out of him. But like I go into the season with him, Stroman, 
if Hendricks looks anything like the Hendricks of old, he's going to get a chance at the rotation. Yeah. Smiley and Tyon. Like that's your probably your five coming out of spring training, assuming all goes the way I think a lot of people expect it to. But I think Wesneski is going to be pushing for starts. I hope he gets a lot of time because I love Hayden Wesneski so much. Yeah. I love the weird, like his like his ticks on the mound or yes, like, his ticks yeah. on the mound. I love he, that shit. So you re you watch the, the the pitching the pitching round table. One of the things that he talked about, so, so this this woman was so funny. She came up with she, she was, was talking funny. about the immaculate inning and yeah. and um she they gave her like a little bit of extra time and she was like um <laughs> she was like uh your your attitude out there like your your excitement like I love she was just like this little fiery like 60 year old woman yeah. I loved it and um and Hayden was like you could tell that he's like kind of an introvert right yeah. like you can tell that he's kind of like he's kind of hunched down and very soft spoken but obviously that's not his attitude on the mound and he was like, yeah, I forget that the cameras are on me when I'm out yeah. there. And it's like, dude, relish it. Like, be yeah. be that guy. Because, like, Cubs fans want to see that energy. Love we that thrive. Show. I mean, any fan base does. But, like, that's why everybody Cubs fans. That's why everybody loves Stro and Steel. Because, like, right. I love when I love when Steel comes firing off the mound and he's fired up after an inning, like he gets out of a jam or something. He's, yeah. let's go, you know, he's, like, banging his mitt and shit. Like, Stro gets excited and he's coming off, like, clapping and shit. Like, conversely, though, con- conversely, though, one of my favorite Cubs of all time was one that never showed emotion. Cubs pitchers, Ted Lilly. Ted Lilly had the same face. Yeah. He had the same face. He's Kyle Hendricks before Kyle Hendricks. Like, yeah, yeah, that, like was, no was... emotion, just go to work, be consistent, you know, take care of business kind of guy. I, I'm right there with, with you. With like I, the I, smoothest windup too. I love mm-hmm. that dude's windup. I would stand in front of the TV and try to replicate it. He had like one of the over the top and then he'd yeah. come to his peak and it would just like – he would come locked at his peak, just like perfectly. I mm-hmm. I could never get it. I could never get it. But that's <laughs> beside the point. He, I mean, yeah, dude. I like. I agree with you. I hope Wisniewski gets gets run. I mean, yeah. What What do you like? What do you think? Where does Where does Where does Alzali end up? What do you think his role ends up being? Do you think he gets? Do you think he gets any extended run in the rotation? I don't think he does, and I, I especially if he's already kind of keying up. Him and he and Keegan to me are in the same breath. I mm-hmm. think the Cubs might try to revolutionize baseball a little bit here. I think the Cubs are going to dip in. Here's my little hot take for the show. I think the Cubs are going to dip in a ever so slightly to the Tampa Bay Rays model. And here's what yeah. I mean by that. I don't think they're going to go full-blown bullpen days. I don't think that's going to exist. They have the rotation depth. They don't need to go a bullpen day every fifth day. However, right. I think you are going to see the Cubs, though, possess more relievers that can go more than one inning. I think the world of one-inning relievers is, unless they're nasty, is coming to an end. Like I think you're going to see guys that can at least go two. Brandon Hughes did it a lot. Keegan did it almost every single outing he had. Like I think at minimum, a lot of these guys, because of the new rules, right, where guys can't just face one batter and get pulled. You have to face three. I think you're going to see the world of guys – facing four to six batters regularly. Like, I think that's going to be the new standard for a bullpen arm. And having two weapons of guys that have starting pedigree, like a Alzali and a Keegan Thompson, going three innings every other couple days when you need them to and can, like, kind of take – like, hypothetically speaking, right, you just went 
12 innings the night before and you, your bullpen's a little burnt, you know, but you didn't get to a Keegan or an Alzelay. Okay, awesome. Drew Smiley just gave you six quality innings. Adbert, it's yours. Last three innings. Go shut it down. Like that, yep. it's you. We're not we're not using anybody else if we don't have to. I really think you're gonna see that factoring in. I think Jeremiah Estrada takes your closing role ultimately. I was just gonna ask who gets the bulk of the save opportunities. Nasty. I think early yeah. in the season it'll be by committee. I think they'll give Brandon yep. Hughes chances. I think they're gonna give Cody Hoyer chances when he's yep. back and kind of healthy fully healthy once he's worked back up after TJ. And then I think um, Estrada is going to get chances. I think just because of stuff, Estrada wins it. Like Hughes to me, if all goes well, Hughes is your eighth inning guy, right? Like he's, yeah. he's your setup guy. He, he come yes. in, he's nasty. He could close games for you if you need him to, but like he's setting up the guy that's coming out, throwing 103 from the right side. Like that's what he's going to do. And then, you have a plethora of guys that can take the ball in that seventh inning. Merriweather, like you mentioned, is another name. If the Cubs add another lefty, like the rumors report of a Matt Moore or an Andrew Chafin. Right. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Those guys could be seventh, eighth type guys too. You're, this Cubs bullpen, to me, like the Cubs are going to do a lot of things different in baseball, I think, this coming season. right? Like They're not going to be the biggest power team, but they're going to run a lot. They're going to play elite defense. They're going to pitch really well. And even without an, an, a, a defined ace, I think they're still going to pitch really well by committee. I, I think they're going to do a bunch of weird shit with their bullpen. I really do. Like, I think they're going to have, again, have guys that can go three innings, have guys that can go two innings, have guys that can go one inning, have guys with elite stuff, have guys with weird stuff, have guys with, you know, they're just going to be all over the place. And I think, like you said, and, and Jeremiah brought up a comment earlier and I, I'm going to find it here and put it up on the screen as well because I thought it was absolutely perfect. He says, I would take question marks with upside rather than knowing what every player is. A, because of the excitement level. I think that's fun as a fan, especially in a transition year. But in the in the terms of this bullpen, like that's good for the Cubs because nobody has a scouting report on what they're going to do because they have True. so many guys that can do so many different things. Like we talk about player. Christopher Morrell, perfect example, right? Players with positional versatility on the field. I almost think you can have positional versatility, quote unquote, within your bullpen with how guys are used in their roles. Yes. Can they be multi-inning guys? Can they attack four and five batters regularly? Or are they just a games on the line, we're up one run, and I need you to come below 103 by somebody? Like They're going to have guys that can do a little bit of everything. And I think that's what's going to be fascinating about this bullpen. And again, Guys like Tucker Barnhart, who's a, a veteran student of the game behind the plate, as is Jan Gomes. Like, biggest one of I had two major takeaways from Cubs Con. One was like something of holy crap, like we knew it, but we didn't totally realize it. And then like a guy I fell for a little more. Like, I'm I'm a belly bombs guy. I bought a belly bombs jersey. Oh my that God. was the biggest impulse purchase of my entire life, but I'm not mad about it. No. Belly bomb jersey. I'm ready. I love Cody. At Belgium. the very I'm... least, it'll be the next. Like I was saying to my buddy Mike, it's going to be the next Garcia Parra style Cubs. Yes, one thousand percent. I love that. Yeah. It's not going to be as good as a Rafael Ortega jersey, but it's going to be up there. <laughs> of like you what? Have a Rafi jersey. I do. I have yeah. a Rafi jersey, and like you know, he's going to be that guy. But like, I think the respect that pitchers, not just Cubs pitchers, pitchers have for Jan Gomes. 
There's yes. a reason the Cubs were okay letting Wilson Contreras walk because Jan Gomes might single-handedly be one of the most respected catchers I've ever seen in my in my existence as a baseball. Look player. at the splits, right? Look, I mean, I, I don't yeah, have I them offhand, but I know they. I think the only you starter, broke it down. Did you tweet yeah. the breakdown? Yeah, I yeah. don't know, but I know the only pitcher that I think did better statistically with Contreras behind the plate, and it wasn't by much. It was a very small margin. It was by like point, like point maybe three ERA points. Yeah. The only one that did better with Contreras behind the plate was Stroman. Yes. Outside yeah. of that, every single guy, at least a whole earned run difference in ERA between Jan and Contreras with Jan being the significant difference. And again, like you heard guys over the weekend talking about it, like in the pitchers panel, I want to say it was Keegan was just like, yeah, man, I like being that bulldog. I come out, I trust what Jan's throwing down. And I'm like, he went out of his way to mention on Gomes. Like, that's huge. Like, they're they're going to have so much fun. Like, this team could just pitch their way. I want boring Cubs baseball. Give me, like, 2-1 victories every single night because they play elite defense and they pitch lights out. Because every game's yeah, going to be two and a half hours. Give me quick games. Give me yeah, quick games. Yeah, every yeah. game's going to be two and a half hours. I'm going to be asleep by 10 p.m. every night. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Like, I like fast-paced baseball. Dude, it's going to be, like, this team – Again, like I know I'm ranting and I'm I, I'm gonna get off the horse here in a second, but like this Cubs bullpen is going to be fascinating. The rotation is going to be fascinating. Like we haven't even talked about guys like Javier Assad, who was yeah. very respectable, really just coming out of nowhere for the Cubs, you know. And they have so much depth, so dude, much. Cam depth. Sanders. We haven't talked about Cam. I thought that dude was for sure gonna get swiped in the Rule Five. I can't believe he didn't, didn't get swiped in the Rule dude. Five. The Cubs are so lucky that he is still in the system. Kantrovich, being a reliever, but yeah, those three got more shoes. But just like, yeah, right. But but like you said, like he he feeds in exactly to this new like hybrid type reliever that you're talking about that can go multiple innings. So like, yeah, man, we may see that like. I like the the Boxberger signing. We haven't even. I don't even think we've mentioned Boxberger. I like well, that signing a lot. Give me him in the seventh inning every single day, dude. And the fact that he comes into this, like we we get him from the Brewers. He talks to like for sure. He's going to talk to to Hadavi about what the Brewers were doing and how they're maximizing their bullpen talent. That's how this shit happens, right? You know, ideas get swapped and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I like Boxberger and Merriweather are the two guys right now. I don't expect us. I hope we're not in a position to flip it like that. We, that we need to be flipping people the deadline, but bullpen arms make sense because of the depth that we've seen over the past few years that the Cubs are able to continue replenishing the bullpen with guys. And we know like we haven't talked about Ben Leeper. Um, you mentioned Javier Assad, Cam Sanders. I'm missing a big name. There's one other minor league. Uh, oh, well, he won't play again this year. But um, who's the guy that came up last year that uh, got to- had to get time? Like his, he, he was a late round draft pick. Oh, my God. What's his name? Ethan Roberts? Ethan Roberts. Yeah, he had Ethan Tommy Robert. John. Yeah. 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 So, like, obviously he won't play this season. But, like. Yeah, man, there's there's bullpen depth and um, and like you said, I mean, we haven't even like they haven't even signed that veteran lefty, and there is going yeah, Luke Little. Jeremiah mentions Luke Little. That's a great yes for sure. Um, but that's the thing, man. Like there there are guys like 
next offseason, if everything breaks correctly, they're not signing any bullpen arms, which is saying a lot. It saves a lot of money. I was going to say, and that's a got weapon. controllable guys. Yeah. Yeah. When you have a, when you have a bullpen that is cheap and cost effective, but elite, you are on a different level as an organization because yes. you don't have to spend in an area that is, is crippling to some teams around the league. Yep. Yep. And Huge. we, and we won't have to see the flip pieces anymore. I don't think either of those guys gets flipped. I think a lot would have to go well for Merriweather. I don't think Boxberger is going to put up, you know, good enough numbers. If you see either of those guys flipped, it's because the front office has confidence that they can backfill. Like yeah. they know there's a guy waiting in the wings that's ready to come up and fill that position. Same thing that's we saw last year. Yeah. yeah. We saw it last year as they dealt all those guys at the deadline, as they dealt Robertson, as they dealt Givens. Like the guys they leaned on early in the year, they 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 were able to backfill. Brandon Hughes, right. you know, backfill with guys like Jeremiah Estrada, et cetera. Like they they were able to backfill. I, Manny I Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about Manny Rodriguez. It, that's a good problem. When you start forgetting about dudes, that's when you know there's a lot of dudes. If you just yeah. can't name them all off the top of your head. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I'm – I'm so excited. Like the pitching catching conversation just from CubsCon just got me so excited about how this team's going to pitch this year. And Agreed. like, cause you saw a lot of it last year once the rotation was healthy, but this year they're, they're ready for it. Right. They actually have that depth now where God forbid, you know, uh, a Kyle, a Stroman, a Tyone, uh, a smiley, somebody like that misses some time early in the it's season. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. Right? They got I mean, so many pitching, dudes. Man. Yeah. They got so many dudes that can just step in and get the job done. Like right yeah. out the gate, no big deal, you know, so on and so forth. But Jake, as we continue to wind for this show, I have one more thing I want to just quickly vent. Um, but I want to turn over to you first. Like, is there another uh, something that we didn't touch on already this evening that you want to bring up here before we we kind of start to wind things down here? I'll I'll try to make it quick. Jeremiah posted the comment about about John Boy talking baseball. Um, I'm gonna blame it so. I think their Wednesday episode this this week, or maybe Monday, they talked about the Mancini signing. <clears throat> and uh, John Boy and Jake were kind of like, um, yeah, so Jeremiah's comment, also rare L take what Talking Baseball said about the Cubs offseason. Yeah, dude, yeah. it rubbed me the wrong way and just kind of struck me as like, you know, Jimmy just had like they've got a they've got a baby, right? So like he's he's maybe got dad brain right now, like which I you know I don't know what that's like. It, someday I might I don't either. But like, yeah, lack of sleep. Those guys have a lot to keep up with, right? Mm-hmm. And but Jimmy's whole thing was like, I don't see what what value this adds. Like with the Mancini signing, he's like, where what are the Cubs doing? Like what what are what's you know how do their their fans must be like clueless right now? It's like no no no. The fans feel good. And I I love Trevor Plouffe. And mm-hmm. he he might be coming on dingers at the end of the month here. He 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 tweeted at me. He said, remind me at the end of the month. Um, I'll come on the pod. Because he is a self-proclaimed Cubs fan now. So we he gotta is. get him on. Insert insert big eyeball emojis. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so Plouffe was shaking his head the whole time and 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 you know kind of fought back. He's like, no, man. The, the fans want to see the owners spend money, mm-hmm. and that's what they did. Like, mm-hmm. this team is better on paper this year than they were last year. And I will really quickly, to DVR and Keith Law, like, to their credit, they did say that they expected the Cubs to be a wild card team 
going into the 2022 season. And they did say that this 2023 team is better. So like they didn't want to make a prediction that they'd be a wild card team because obviously the East and the West are so stacked. So it's more mm-hmm. likely that the Cubs make the playoffs by winning the division than trying mm-hmm. to vie for a wild card position. But yeah, Ploof stood up and was like, no, 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 no. They spent money. The fans have to be happy about that. They've got a product on the on the field now that like should win ball games or at least mm-hmm. should be competitive. So I just wanted to touch on that because Jeremiah mentioned it and I had a buddy text me about it saying like, hey, man, were you listening to Talking Baseball? Like this rubbed me the wrong way. So I'm glad Ploof stood up for it. I hope he comes on the podcast at the end of the month here and we can talk some more about, about Cubs baseball with a national guy. Absolutely. And just to quickly add to your point there too, Jake, I agree. Uh, These moves all add some kind of value. Sure. It might not be quote unquote needle moving value for everybody, especially on a national scale, but at least from a market scale, like Cubs fans respect the fact that they're adding depth at certain positions. They're trying, right? Yeah. They're trying. They're putting, they're giving, they're giving Ross and company more to work with than they did last season. And even the year before, after they sold everybody off. So, That in itself, I think, is something that we can absolutely get behind and be excited about, like you said, as Cubs fans. So I, I completely agree with you there. But kind of along the same lines, actually, was my last point. So this, I feel like, is a very natural transition. But I was telling you about a video I came across on TikTok. And I can't remember the creator right now. I'm, I'm not stealing any ideas. and just regurgitating the information. But he did a franchise mode with the Cleveland Guardians. And built his roster around speed, pitching, and defense. And that's it. Not really any power hitters. And, like, he literally – but his, like, the shtick of the video was he bunted every single at-bat. All bunts. And he – the Guardians beat the White Sox 6-2 to because Bieber only let up two solo shots. And they bunted their way to 18 hits and six runs and stealing bags and moving runners and, like – not that the Cubs are going to bunt for 18 hits. That's not my like where this my 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 brain ran wild. But but Jake, my brain went wild because that's what the Cubs are going to be though this year. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna run on the bases. The bases are bigger this year. They've added speed. They're gonna run. Swanson's gonna steal a couple of bags. Nico, I think, could be a 30 stolen base guy. He was a 20 SB guy last year. Maybe he's a 30 steal guy this year. Maybe Nicky Mads is stealing bags if he's getting in regularly. Morell's got speed. You know, maybe you see a guy like Hosmer swipe a bag now and again. You know, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but every now and again, Rizzo stole bags. Why can't Hosmer, right? Right. But like Saya, Saya's a runner. Belly's a runner. Belly's going to run. Hap is a runner. And I think we'll see more Hap running this season because of the bigger bases. Like this is a team that's going to put the ball in play, move guys around. They're going to run a lot. They they were one of the top running teams last season. I think they're going to continue that streak this season. They're going to play great defense and they're going to pitch really well. And sure, the, the power component they're working on, right? Like you get a guy like Mancini who had 18 bombs last year. Swanson, probably the most significant power guy in terms of recent numbers that they added this season. I would say totally it's Bellinger because obviously if you hit 47 bombs in a right. year, uh, like Ian, Ian Happ and, and Mark Grace and Bellinger talked about it on the compound at CubsCon. One Cubs hitter in franchise history as a lefty has hit 40 homers playing at Wrigley. And it was Billy Williams and he did it once and that's it. And Belly's career high is like 47 or whatever in his, yeah. M- his MVP season. So again, they added power, but 
These are all guys that are athletes. These are all guys that play good defense. And these are all guys that are going to make this team interesting to watch. Like they're going to be fun regardless. A lot, a lot needs to go right, right? Like you need rebounds from guys like Bellinger. You need a, a Seiya Suzuki next step forward. You need a hap consistent, you know, building on what he did in 2022. You know, you continue down that trail. You need Swanson to continue to do what he's doing, right? Obviously, every team in the league you can make that argument for. A lot of things need to go right. But this team is built to pitch well, play good defense, and they're going to be athletes. And baseball is becoming a more athletic sport again. The shift is gone, right? The, the guys defensively are going to have to show that athleticism. The bases are bigger. They want running. They want guys stealing bags. Stolen bags are cool stuff. I miss the days when Carl Crawford would swipe like 54 bags in a season. That shit was awesome. Damn right. that, those raised teams in the, in the late 2000s with B.J. Upton, and Reed Brignac and Ben Zobrist and Carl Crawford and like Matt Joyce and oh Carlos Pena like they used to hit bombs, steal bags, and play good defense, and it won them games. Like yeah. and they pitched well. Scotty Casimir, David Price, Casimir, James, James, yeah, James Shields, Matt Garza. I was at Matt Garza's no hitter in Tampa. Actually, fun little fact. I was I was at that game, like. Yeah. And Carl Crawford's one of my all-time favorite players. Uh, a very fun fact about me. Um, but, like, dude, I, I'm telling you, like, this team, a lot needs to go right for them to win the NL Central, make the playoffs, things like that. But, fuck, they're going to be fun, dude. Like, this is going to be a fun team because they're built so. to be athletic, play good defense, and pitch well. And I think that's going to make Cubs baseball. Cubs baseball, honestly, I had fun in 2022. They weren't very good. I did, too. I did, too. They were still a fun team. This year's team, even more fun. So, again, not really like – yeah, go ahead. No, hang on. I'll let you finish your thought really quick, but then I have one question to wrap things. I was just going to say, like, mine wasn't even, like, a question or a topic of debate or anything, but just, like, again, watch this video, and it just – my brain, like, you know how in, like, the movies, right, where there's, like, that big dramatic scene at the end, like, you know, oh, this machine hasn't worked for 25 years, and they, <laughs> they plug it in, and you hear those gears crank for the first time, and it's like, shoom, 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 and then it, like, picks up speed, and it's this big inspirational yeah. moment. That was my brain last night watching this TikTok video, because I was just like, the Cubs are going to run and play, be athletic and play good defense and pitch well. And oh my God, it's going to be great. Like that, that was my brain yesterday. So I just had to share that. That That's what started the itch really to talk Cubs baseball tonight. I mean, uh, but that's where my head's at, man. And it, and it makes sense too. like, think about Carter Hawkins coming from the Guardians, the team that the Guardians Absolutely. are putting together right now. Like the, the Guardians aren't that team, the bunting for hits team in real life, but like they very much are you know, uh, uh, a slap the ball around the yard team right now. And, and, play, and, and play great defense. Right. And the Cubs aren't going to be exactly that because we, I think the Cubs have like, if all breaks right, a little bit more power in the lineup, but pitching and defense. Now with all of that said, obviously we've got, you know, about a month till pitchers. Well, I think what spring training starts in about a month, I think. Right. It's usually like the, the last week of February. I would say so, even it's even like February 20th, right? As early as yeah. that sometimes. Where I, mean, I, I got the Cubs convention calendar right here. Let's see when the there first game is. We got first spring training game is the 25th of February. So we got a little over a month. Boom. So we'll talk. I mean, this, this, is, this is a little preemptive. But if you had to choose one player that you are most excited to watch progress, do their thing this year, 
who is who is your one player? Belly bombs, baby. I okay. I am I am so hell bent. I became such just a fan of the dude at CubsCon, hearing him talk so much and yeah. things like that of Bellinger yeah. that like if Bellinger were to like again, I'm not expecting him to go back to hitting 47 homers and driving at 119 <laughs> runs again and hitting almost 300. I'm not expecting that. But if this dude could come out and play gold glove center field defense, play great first base defense where you can move him around a little bit, the power comes back, right? 19, I think, homers last year. Let's let's say that number is somewhere between 25 and 30. Yeah. And he's hitting somewhere between 250 and 260. I make the argument that if you're not entirely sure what you have in corner outfielders, if you don't bring back Hap or, you know, Mervis is maybe not the greatest defensive first baseman. So he's more of your DH every day kind of guy, but he's got the big bat and the power stroke. I wouldn't be mad about the Cubs investing a couple years in Bellinger. He's only 27 oh, years old. Like, that's agreed. the guy I'm excited. Like, I want to see him revitalize his career and the Cubs be competitive. Because if he's revitalizing and the Cubs aren't competitive, he's gone. And I'm going to be sad. But if they are competitive and he is revitalized, to me, that autumn, that immediately makes me start to at least think about the equation after the deadline, if he's still here, of does this guy – play with this team beyond this season and i think there's a real possibility of yes so belly bombs is my guy that like the first bellinger home run i hope it's opening day too just for shits and giggles like yeah i would go nuts like that's i want to see people going yeah like i want him i want him to take ian hap's advice they were talking about it he's like that left center huh is where you really want really want to go oppo he goes yeah yeah yeah, left center as a left-handed hitter, if you can put it left center, you're going to hit a lot of home runs. Like, I hope Bellinger pokes one out into the basket on opening day. And just that, that place is going to go absolutely. Oh, that'd be amazing. So, belly bombs, baby. That's my answer. Saya. No, oh, yeah, dude. I just like, I just think Saya's going to have a huge season. Like, I don't even need to get into specifics. I just like, I think that the dude started to figure shit out at the end of at the end of last season. I I think if he didn't have the injuries, I don't know. Like Michael Harris, I think he won Rookie of the Year. I don't he think it was Co. Right? I think it was just Michael Harris. It wasn't him and Strider. I don't know if Saya would have won Rookie of the Year, but he would have been damn close if he didn't if he didn't miss all that time with the ligament sprain. I the dude's ready. The dude's ready to play, and he's he's a sim like he's he's had time to assimilate, understand the city, get to know the culture better, get get into the team, get to know the clubhouse. Ian Happ's his best friend. They're manning the outfield, the corners together every day. Um, get, man, I I am jacked. I can't wait, and I think we're gonna see a lot. I think we're gonna see him have fun. Like it's clear to me that he's got a like a personality the way that Darvish does. And I'm sure Darvish, it took him, you know, a year or two to like, you know, let himself, you know, out there. But dude, I am so like, remember how stoked we were when the Cubs landed sale last offseason? Like no one saw that coming. No No one saw that coming. The dude's going to have a big season. If he stays healthy, big season from Saya. 280, I'll call it right now. 280, um, 345, 350 on base. And like, like low to mid twenties home runs. Oh, I love that. I yeah. love that. Honestly, yeah. just adding really quick to it. I think because he wasn't at Cubs gone, like say I was like kind of the forgotten guy on this team that right, agreed. Right. I think he's ready to break out. I've I've yeah. been thinking that as well. So 
same wavelength, my friend. I think that's a great pick. Great pick for this coming season. Say I was going to be absolutely wild. And it's it's going to be fun, man. This was an awesome show, dude. We need to do this more often. Yeah, it, I could talk for another hour. Like, oh, I know. I we like, can absolutely like talk. We talked about like everything, but I, I still feel like you said like the itch to talk baseball, man. I, I had it too, so I'm glad we were able to do this. Absolutely. It was very unexpected last minute. I got the itch at like 1 o'clock this afternoon and started sending messages. And as soon as I sent it, Jake was, I'm in. And I was like, Literally what? within oh. a minute, I responded. Yeah. It was, <laughs> was like, terrifyingly yeah. fast. I was like, holy shit. I didn't expect that quick of a a quick of a response. I was ready, man. I was, it was I got awesome. Slack on my phone. I'm ready to go. <laughs> hey, I love it. I absolutely love it. We'll have to do this again, man. There's again just so much still to talk about with this Cubs team, and again, a lot of a lot of things to be excited uh, for. Just really quick on the say on note, uh, Jeremiah has him going for fifty. Uh, I, Let's get it. I, I will. I'm gonna regret that. I hope I regret this. No, no, you know what? I hope I regret this. If Seiya Suzuki hits fifty home runs this year, I will do some outlandish shit. I don't know what it is yet. But we'll we'll do some outlandish shit. It'll probably involve Malort. It might involve like running wind sprints in a field. Like we can make it some off the wall stuff here. Um, maybe it's in the Mankini too, since I'm now going to have to purchase that with with the Mancini signing. Like we'll do some outlandish shit if say I hit fifty bombs, and I'll I'll, I'll be a good sport about it. I'll, I'll live up to it. That's 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 just my my two cents there, man. But hey, before we truly wrap this thing down quick and final thoughts here uh as as we get out of here man i uh had a had a great time hanging with you guys at cubs con um, absolutely and uh excited to see some games together at wrigley this season 100 that will definitely happen and uh we've already been talking internally for those listening at home about a uh a, a des moines trip uh to get all the dingers boys since yep three quarters of you guys out there in the great state of iowa um you know some South Bend trips. Uh, I would love to get down to Knoxville if at all possible and, and see a double a game, especially if PCA and some of these other guys are going to be down like Tennessee is going to be loaded this year. They're going to be fun to yeah. watch. Yeah. Uh, just I, I'm right there with you, man. Like my final thought is I'm just, I'm ready for Cubs baseball. Like I am. The itch is so bad right now. I am just perfectly ready. Like I have a ton of friends that live near the ballpark. Joey and I are up to something when it comes to tickets. Like uh, I'm I'm ready. Like I opening day is a holiday. And last year, like we did this whole big weekend out of it. We're doing it again. And again, I'm going to campaign to get as many of you dinger boys. There's too. like, let's get everybody there and have a just, Great day on March 30th when the, hopefully the Cubs down the Brewers again like they did last year on opening day. But, yeah, man, I'm just ready for Cubs baseball. That's that's really the the long the long story short of it is just I'm ready. I'm ready for some Cubs baseball. But, Jake, as always, I want to remind everybody, uh, Dingers Pod and Cubs on Tap are the official Cubs podcasts of the On Tap Sports Network for Cubs baseball. You can check all of us out over at www.ontapsports.com and at On Tap Sports Center on social media. You guys are at Dinger Cubs on Twitter. We are at Cubbies on Tap on Twitter. We're also on Instagram. I believe you guys are as well. Um, you are at Baseball underscore Bouge. I am at Loose on Tap. Follow all of our other great panelists on both shows, Mitch and the boys as well. In addition, Juice, Joey, Tyler, you know the gang's uh, be sure to be following along with everybody. And again, on tap, we do it all. Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, you know the drill. Uh, I actually just did four feathers with Johnny Nani tonight. That was a good time before this. Um, 
encourage you to listen to that if anybody's interested in the Chris Foster's broadcasting situation. That's been a hot topic in Blackhawks Twitter the last couple of days. Um, and yes, Cubs fans, let's be honest. We all have friends that like the Southsiders. We 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 know they're 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 struggling. They're ill sometimes. It it takes a, a true person to enjoy pain to be a White Sox fan, um, which I think we can relate to a little bit here at Cubs. You know, as a Cubs fan as well. But our socks on tap guys do a great job covering the Southsiders. Be sure to check them out as well. Again, on tapsports.com at on tap sports on our social media, the on tap sports network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports, Jake. This was a blast, dude. Literally, we need to do this again. We, we're going to have a ton of this all season long, too, for those that are curious. Dingers and, and Cubs on tap. We're going to have a lot of cross-show you know, cross show collaboration. Uh, I hope we can do some kind of – I don't know how we're going to do it, but some kind of like competition internally of something or another. Obviously, we don't want to steal the Dingers picks for you, but I will be in the replies every day giving you guys my Dinger pick of the day oh, yeah. uh, next season. Or, well, I guess this coming season. Again, I forget it's 2023 too. Don't worry. You're not the only, you're not the only one, Jake. Um, but, man, this was fun. This was a true pleasure. And uh, what do you say, man? We get out here the only way we know how. Here at Cubs on Tap. We'll hit him. We'll hit him with a quick old. You'll learn, buddy. We'll hit him with a quick old. Fuck the Cardinals. And I was waiting for you to say it. And, uh, and, and go a, Cubbies. And a, let's go Cubbies, baby. Let's go Cubbies. <laughs>